The floor is cold under my bare feet. Florence and Chloe are breathing deeply, not stirring. I would guess it to be an hour or more after midnight. The rusted springs of my cot shriek when I rise, but the two sleeping figures are undisturbed. They are used to the sound, no doubt, as the beds scream like murder victims whenever we roll over. I step past their beds lightly, let my hand slide around the doorknob. The door doesn't squeak. Just last week, I oiled the hinges and took apart, cleaned, and reassembled the knob. There was nothing to be done about the bed springs. Moonlight slips between the curtains, giving some light to the little attic room where we housemaids sleep. But the staircase is dark. In one hand, I have a candle, unlit in its iron holder. With the other hand, I shut the door behind me. The main bedrooms are on the third floor, along with the bathroom. The clock on the landing tells me it is nearing two in the morning, but I can still see a light under Frederick's door. That doesn't worry me. Most likely he fell asleep over a book. The stairs leading to the second floor are wider. I skip down them quickly, a hand to the wall to guide me in the dark. I know every floorboard that creaks and my descent is soundless. Here is the library, the music room, Mrs. Ock's reading room, and my destination tonight, Professor Barani's study. We do not clean this room, so I have never been inside. It is locked at night. Not that a lock is any great impediment. There is no light coming from under the door, but I press my ear to it and listen just in case. With my free hand, I slip a pin from my hair and flatten it out. I'm not a practiced lockpick, but I have the basic skills and get it open in under a minute. I've stitched a match into the hem of my nightdress. Shutting the door behind me, I feel my way to the hearth and strike the match against the stone. Once the candle is lit, the room leaps into view around me, bookcases looming, the furniture sending monstrous, grasping shadows my way. I've never been one to quake at shadows. I make my way straight for Professor Barani's desk. The professor is not a tidy man, to put it mildly. Precariously stacked books and papers cover every inch of space. Three ashtrays overflow with cigarette butts. There are two half-full glasses perched dangerously atop a pile of large leather-bound folders, and his ink pot lies open, pen leaking onto the blotter. It would help if I knew what I was looking for. A soft sound behind me. My imagination turns it into a handkerchief being pulled out of a pocket, and I freeze. Whoo, comes a fluting little voice. I nearly laugh aloud with relief. On a perch in the corner is a small brown owl blinking at me. Sorry, I whisper. Go back to sleep. Ooh, murmurs the owl, shrugging its wings and resettling itself. I turn back to Professor Barani's desk, lift my candle, and scan the books and papers around the blotter, whatever he was looking at before he retired to bed. Esme taught me to read, and I can read quickly and well, even the most ungainly misspelled scrawl. I shuffle through his papers, an old clipping from a journal about a lake somewhere,
that has mysteriously dried up. Lists of names with some of them crossed out. Figures without context. Lists of cities and countries. A circle around one name and a long list. Jahara Shandor. Hosterak 15C. That brings me up short. Hosterak is the impenetrable prison where witches and folklore practitioners and other abusers of magic await execution. It is a great gray monolith behind the parliament, the ugliest building in all of Spira City, and the most terrifying. I commit the name Jahara, Shandor, and 15C to memory, without knowing what they might mean. At the back of the study, there is a long workbench with scientific instruments, but I don't know how they work. I turn to the bookshelves instead, which line the entire room. At the bottom of one shelf, I find a locked glass cabinet full of books. There. Anything with a lock on it is bound to be interesting. I wiggle the hairpin until the lock gives and slide the case open. I can see why these books are locked up, with titles like A Scientific Analysis of Elemental Forces at Work and Legends of the Xianren One through Legends of the Xianren Seven. I've heard of the Xianren, mythical winged wizards in the old days who could supposedly speak their magic. Folklorish stuff. I shouldn't be surprised. Professor Barani spent a number of years in prison for heretical writings, and you can go to prison just for owning books like these. So you see, I'm not snooping through the private rooms of honest, upstanding citizens of Frayne. Criminals every way I turn. My hand is on Legends of the Xianren One, pulling it off the shelf, when I hear a creak on the stairs. I push the book back and slide the glass door shut, blowing out the candle. I work the cabinet lock shut again, but there is no time to get to the door. I hear a key in the lock as I tread softly through the dark. I bump against a sedan chair, piled with books, and freeze, afraid of knocking something over. There is some fumbling with the door, as I left it unlocked, and whoever is at the door has mistakenly locked it again. But he tries the key again and opens the door.